We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome everybody to Redemption Church. We are enjoying God's faithfulness in Plano, Texas, and we're so glad for everybody in the room. I'm always so glad to be with you, and I'm always glad to be with my friends watching, listening online. Some of y'all have just found us brand new, even as we're going through this series, and you've, you've written us about how, how it's touched your hearts, and we are just blown away by that. We're so glad to play any part of God's work in your life, and we love you. Thank you so much for your encouragement. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Today, we are in the sixth week of our series on mental health, and it's called what? Peace, Peace of Mind. We've been talking about mental health issues, and the subject of mental health is important to God. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to jump to next week for a second. Next week, we're talking about burnout. We're talking about burnout next week. I'm telling you, that is a needed topic. And I want to make sure that you're here, that you're, if you're not able to be in the room, make sure you're able to live stream it. Make sure you're able to find that message. Somebody say, that one's probably for me. The message of burnout. I'm going to tell you that next week we can beat burnout and we can live lives that are full of passion, power, and peace. We can have all of that. But today, we're talking about trauma. And I believe that this is actually the hardest week of the entire series. I've prayed about this week. I know that many have endured severe abuse, trials, pain, and heartbreak. And I think we should pray together right now. Can we close this door right here? Can we make sure that door is closed? Thank you. Everybody with me, they're going to handle the door. We're going to handle the prayer part. Let's do that. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that you would meet with us in this moment and that you'd bring healing to our life, God, that you would heal us in our trauma, that you would reveal things in us that are broken, that you would reveal, God, how to change these things. Lord, I pray for everyone in the room. I pray for everybody watching and listening online. God, you are right there near every one of them. And we want you to move. We want you to speak. We want you to do it all in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. What is trauma? What is trauma? And all my life I would have said it wrong. But this week, really buckling down, I found out I was wrong. Everybody, I was wrong. Don't let my wife hear that. I'm trying to keep her from that knowledge. Kay's like, she's going to go tell. You go tell Sarah. It's all right. I was wrong, everyone. Many think that trauma is the event. That's how I always thought it. About it. Trauma was that thing that happened on that day. It's the event. Wrong. Wrong. Many people think that the thing that happened is the trauma. But no. Trauma is the response to the event. I want you to open your heart to that. Trauma is not the event. But it is how someone responds to the event. It's how somebody 
picks up some bad things from an event and they live those out over the course of days, weeks, months, years, a lifetime. Trauma is the response. Somebody say response. response. Trauma is a response to a deeply disturbing or distressing event. Trauma can be a physical event that they're responding to. It can be emotional. It can be spiritual. And it can be mental. It can be all of that. Physical wounds that can be seen are easier to understand. Anybody that has a child or watched over a child knows they have a little scrape on their knee. In fact, we had one just today. Someone, we heard a commotion at the front door and one of our kids was having that little, little, little kind of sad little sound. I'm hurting. Ah, I'm hurting. And we looked and there was a, a scrape on the knee. All right. And we saw what happened there and we're like, okay, we know how to handle this because we can see the injury. Injuries that are seen are so much easier to understand and to diagnose. The hidden injuries, they're not so easy. The ones that you can't see hurt as much as the ones you can see. Sometimes they hurt more. Sometimes the hidden wounds, they take longer to heal. Many of you hurt and have had deep wounds by a horrible experience. And perhaps you've done the very right thing and the very brave thing and tried to open up about your situation. And perhaps you tried to open up to a church. Maybe you tried to open up to a small group, a support group, or just a Christian friend. And in the middle of your unburdening, that very brave thing that you did, in the middle of that sharing of something so personal and so painful, it could be perhaps the first time you've ever done this. I am saying these words. And in the middle of that pain, in the middle of that personal defeat that you're sharing, somebody might be a joyful happy Christian and vigorously quote a verse. Like you're in the middle of the hurting, the most painful part of the story and they're like, oh brother, I've got a verse for you. Here it is. Romans 8.28 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who would have been called according to His purpose. And you're in the middle of this painful gathering. And you're like. Well I don't know how to respond to that. I want to tell you today. That is okay with me. If you don't know how to respond to that. And let me, let me speak to the happy Christians. I love happy Christians. But happy Christians and wise Christians. Are not always the same thing. Alright y'all get me? I'm all for happiness. But I'm also for some. A wisdom. Anybody with me? I want to tell you Romans 8.28. It's true. Let's cut to the chase. That's the word of God and it is true. However, in this moment of unburdening, in this moment of pain, given all this person has encountered, this 
verse may not be the help that they need at the moment. So happy Christian, we got to learn also some wisdom. There are different trauma responses. Shock, confusion, denial, anger, sadness, anxiousness, numbness, guilt. Then there's flashbacks. There's nightmares. And then there's avoidance, like crazy avoid, like you would almost do anything to avoid the situation again. And any of these things can happen, happen often. Sometimes they happen as cycles, like you like might just go through the cycles. Yesterday I was shocked. Today I'm confused. Tomorrow I'll deny it all. And that could be where you are on your trauma responses. And happy Christian. Happy Christian. We have to understand where people are. Just because you can quote a verse does not mean that you have the right verse. Let's start there. Sometimes just because you can quote a verse doesn't mean you have the right verse. God has his own timing and sometimes we quote the wrong verse. Sorry, sometimes I quote, the, I quote the wrong verse and preach the wrong sermon. Please forgive me for that. God wants to do something here tonight. I'm hoping that it's the right verse and the right word for you. I want to be careful when I say this. Sometimes, sometimes, y'all please don't judge me. Sometimes I'm going to jump out on the limb here and say, sometimes there's not a right verse. Sometimes there's just not a verse for what you're actually going through. Sometimes there's no verse that you're ready to hear. Let's get that right. I do believe that God's Word has all the answers that we need. I don't, I don't want you to think I don't believe that. I absolutely do. But what I'm saying is this. Sometimes the appropriate help is to just shut up and listen. That's pretty good sometimes. And happy Christians sometimes don't do that. Sometimes as church members we don't do that. Sometimes we need to just be quiet. We need to listen. Not judge. Not preach. Not try to fix it Felix. Woo woo. Anybody know that? Just be present. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Just be present with them. And let your very presence reassure them. Because somewhere in their mind, somewhere in all the trauma responses, somewhere in this, they think you're going to get up and leave. Somewhere in this, they think you're going to shut them up and shut them out. And you need to just let your presence reassure them that's not true. I am here in your shock. I am here in your confusion. I'm here in your denial. Wherever you are on this, I am here with you. I believe that that is some good ministry right there. And I believe we all need to learn that. Lord, help us to learn that for one another in Jesus' name. Our previous generations often respond this way to injury. And I'm talking about our, our previous generations. Maybe growing up, when you fell and you hurt yourself, uh, maybe your dad said, walk it off. 
rub a little dirt on it. Anybody know that? I don't understand how that ever helped. Just rub a little dirt on it. Dirt, make, that'll make it better. If there's anything that'll help an open wound, it's a little dirt, right? How about this one? Get over it. That's one. How about don't be a, a baby? It's not so bad. These are kind of things that previous generations, like they grew up on this. This was, this was how they responded to every trauma, be it small or big. You get the same response. And I won't go any further than that on that. I, I, there's, ugh. Our previous generations often responded this way to injury and then they would also respond this way to emotional issues, emotional trauma. I want to tell you that you don't just get over trauma. You don't walk it off. You don't rub a little dirt on it. You don't just tell yourself it's not so bad, it's not so bad, it's not so bad. I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. I don't believe in spooks. That doesn't work for the cowardly lion and it doesn't work for us either. Instead, you, you actually have to heal from your trauma. Everyone say heal. I want to give you um, three, tri three types of trauma. There is acute trauma and it's response from a one-time traumatic event. Sometimes it only takes one. Only takes one event in your life and that's acute trauma. One event gives you trauma. It could be a car accident. It could be a natural disaster. It could be that you lost your career during COVID. It could be a physical complication that you had and they rushed you to the hospital. It could be date rape. Yes. But it's something that happened once and that happened and it just followed you kind of like a ghost haunting type movie. It just follows you. That's acute trauma. It happened one time, but your response to the event is traumatic. And over and over and over again, you replay that event. Then there is chronic, is our second one. Chronic trauma is long-term trauma response from a prolonged or repeated event. This is not a one-time event. This is something that happened more than once. This is something that might have happened over a long period of time. Maybe you were bullied. Not just once, but multiple times. Maybe it was like an everyday thing for you. Maybe it was every day at a certain time you knew you were going to get it. Maybe it was racism that you, over the course of your life, dealt with a lot of trauma from how other people treated you because the color of your skin because of your heritage maybe uh, it's porn maybe it's pornography and, and an addiction issue and that over the course of time repeated exposure to that has traumatized you maybe it's an unsafe home life yeah. maybe it's a home that was filled with alcoholism a home that was filled with drug abuse or child abuse maybe you were sexually abused not once but many times 
This is chronic trauma. It happened more than one time and your response to the repeated event is traumatic. Are y'all still with me today? Third is complex trauma. And it's a response to multiple and ongoing events. This is more than one time. This is a continuing thing that has a history but is still continuing in your life. The trauma includes things you have gone through in the past and things that you are going through currently. The abusive home life you were raised in. Alright, so that's in the past. But now you've grown up. Now you've moved out of your house. But the similar abuse you're experiencing in your current marriage now in a complex way joins with your upbringing. And now it's a complex thing. These issues combine for a complex trauma. We have acute trauma. We have chronic trauma. We have complex trauma. Trauma changes how you see people, how you see God, and how you see life. Makes it difficult to trust people. Makes it difficult to trust God. Because they were inappropriately touched by someone, they have trouble trusting the innocent touch of others. There's some people because of their trauma, don't, you've got to be careful when you go in for a hug. You had an innocent, innocent hug, but it could cause a flashback. Or sometimes the smell of cologne can cause someone to remember a terrible moment in their life and that trauma, how they respond to that event hits them in that moment innocently. Because they were abused by an authority figure, they distrust everyone in authority. Because they grew up in a home and struggled with finances. They respond to that chronic trauma with a dysfunctional view and fear about money and food They have a scarcity mindset and they might hoard things. It's the response to their trauma. Because someone traumatized you as a child, you are traumatized at the thought of someone doing that to your children. So how do we heal? Gosh. I wish there was a really simple answer for that. We could bottle it and sell it. Because we all need it. I want to tell you today. There is no just like simple answer to this situation. But if you will bear with me today. I want to use a Bible character as our example today. There is a Bible character who has examples of acute, chronic And complex trauma. They got it all. We may not think of them and these actions. And what they went through as trauma. We might not think of him as a trauma character. And that is because he ultimately walked in God's grace. In such a way that God was magnified. And not his trauma. So that's why you would think that. We are talking about the Apostle Paul. Everyone stay with me please. 
We're talking about the Apostle Paul. Please say the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Don't you agree? Yeah. He had amazing revelation. Some of the greatest lessons in your Bible come from Paul. Paul was used by God to preach to the Gentile church. He started churches all over Asia. He did amazing work. And Paul lived through trauma. Paul was arresting Christians when a light from heaven knocks him to the ground. Oh, it's some kind of light, wasn't it? Might be lightning, for all we know, right? And Paul, in this moment, he's smacked to the ground. Paul hears the audible voice of Jesus. And Jesus does not say, Oh, Paul, I really love you. That's not what it says. Now, Jesus loves Paul, but that's not what Jesus says at this moment. Paul, you're just my most precious sheep. And you know how I'll leave the 99 for the one. You are the one, Paul. That is not what happens in this story. Somebody nod to me if you know what I'm talking about. It's not what happens in this story. Paul, I've got such a wonderful plan for your life. Will you just listen? Southern Jesus with the southern jaw all of a sudden. No. You know what the voice of Jesus does? It confronts Paul. And directly says... Why are you persecuting me? That's what it says. That's Jesus. Jesus smacks him to the ground and then confronts him. And then Jesus tells him, now get up and go into the nearby city and you're going to be told what to do. And so Jesus doesn't even let him off the hook at this moment. Do you realize? Jesus doesn't say, now listen, if you do what's right, I'm going to help you. If you do what's good, you know, I've got a plan for none of that. No, this is traumatic. Somebody say traumatic. And Paul gets up and it gets worse. Do you remember what happens when he gets up? He gets up, he opens his eyes. And his blinkers are not working. His eyes don't work. He is blind. And Jesus doesn't say, oh, don't worry about that, Paul. It's just temporary. I'm the one who healed blind Bartimaeus. I'll heal you too. He doesn't do it. He's got zero hope at this point of ever receiving sight again to his eyes. Paul travels for three days blind with no hope of ever seeing again. You know what this is? It's acute trauma. It's a one-time event that I'm sure stayed with Paul. And I think for the next three days, he really was in a traumatic response to an event that knocked him to the ground. Paul goes into Damascus. A Christian named. What's his name? A Christian named. Ananias. A Christian named Ananias. Prays for him. And when he prays for him. It's like scales fell from the eyes. Of Paul. And he receives the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gets saved. He gets baptized in the water. And baptized in the spirit. And he goes from Christian killer to a killer Christian. Just right there. God turns it around. Now praise God for that. We're so thankful for that. Paul is on the right path. And now when you're on the right path, nothing bad ever happens to us. Isn't that right, Jeremy? When on the right path, nothing ever happens. Bad, You know, 
Telling the truth never gets you in trouble. Is that right, Lupita? Telling the truth never gets you in trouble, right? Doing the right. Telling others about Jesus never makes anyone upset, right? Wrong. Paul's on the right path, but trauma continues. What do we call continued trauma? We call it chronic trauma. The rest of Paul's life, he endures chronic and complex trauma. Repeatedly, Paul would go into a city... And then after preaching Jesus would have to escape the city because they were trying to kill him. Over and over and over again. He is lowered from a basket over the wall of a city because people are looking for him at the gate to kill him. He is stoned to death in a city not far from there. They throw his body outside of the city. God raises him up again and he walks back into the city. He is arrested multiple times. Many times he is beaten. The trauma happened. It happened more than once. It was chronic trauma. Paul endured ongoing severe trauma And I have a feeling that some of you have also. So how do we heal? I'm going to give you three steps for healing. These are not easy, clear steps. These are not in five minutes you're going to be okay. No, this is going to take, sometimes it's going to take calendar time. Sometimes it's going to take a lot of work. Sometimes it's going to take a lot of conversation. Alright? Here's number one. We process the pain Of our trauma. We've talked already in this series. About how you need to define things. How you need to say out loud. How you feel about things. I want to tell you. We don't heal by ignoring the trauma. Suppressing the trauma. Doesn't heal. Forgetting the trauma. Does not heal. We reject that. We start to heal. When we confess it. And when we process it. You got to confess it and then you got to process the trauma. I'm speaking to people that you have been abused and you don't want to remember it. I understand that. I'm speaking to people who may have been raped and you want to bury it because at that moment, that memory makes you feel helpless. And I'm speaking to people who have been abandoned and you don't want to forget it because it makes you feel vulnerable because it could happen again. You avoid. You hide and you isolate and you do this all out of a sense of protection. You think that will protect you. And I want to tell you, here's what you're doing. Instead of seeking connection, we prioritize protection. Say that with me. Instead of seeking connection, we prioritize protection or at least what we think will protect us. We have these things. I don't know if you've ever heard them. We may have never mentioned it around here. It's called connect groups. Anybody ever heard of connect group? Yeah, we have these connect groups and they meet during the week. They meet online. They meet in houses. They meet They meet at Market Street. Wherever you can meet, we meet. I walk all over the place and go, man, we ought to have a connect group over here. We have these connect groups. Do you know why we have these connect groups? We do not have connect groups because we think you just aren't busy enough during the week. My gosh, Cletus is not busy enough. We got to give her a meeting to go to. That is not why we have connect groups. 
We have connect groups because we don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. That's why we have connect groups. And there is a healing that takes place at connect group. We're starting a brand new connect group series this week. I want to tell you it's time for you to heal. It's time for you to step into a connected community. Before you leave tonight, why don't you pray about being a part of a connect group. How do we heal? Number one is we process the pain of our trauma. If we don't process our trauma, we ignore the pain. If we ignore the pain, the wound won't heal. And if the wound won't heal, we search for something else to cope and numb the pain. This is where drugs happen. This is where alcohol happens. This is where sexual addiction happens. This is also where materialism happens. This is also where greed happens. This is where non-stop binging Netflix happens. Rethink these things. Sometimes these things are keeping us from processing the trauma. And it makes the wound stay. And it makes the pain stay. There are even some Christians... Mean, well-meaning Christians, we love them, we'll be in heaven with them. But there are some Christians that think it is not faith to admit, confess, and process your pain, sickness, or injury. In fact, they'll say, uh-uh-uh, don't say that you have a headache. You have faith in the wrong thing, brother. You can't say that you have, uh-uh-uh, don't say that the doctor said you had cancer. Don't say that. You got to say, I am healed. Not say anything else. Alright. Now Willis. I wonder. What these wonderful brothers and sisters. Would do with the Apostle Paul. Let's look at. The footage here. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 11.23. This is Paul. He says I have worked much harder. Been in prison more frequently. Brother Paul you can't say that. It's not faith to say that. Been flogged more severely. What? You can't say that. And been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Man, it really sounds like Paul has a faith problem admitting all these problems. No! Dude had better faith than any of us. Reading on, 26, I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep, I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Listen, Paul names his trauma. Paul names his trial. Paul names his pain. Christians, 
It is not wrong to name your hardship. It is not wrong to name your concerns. We ought to be able to name them. Paul confesses, this is hard. And Paul processes the pain. Do you see this? He names what's going on. He's obviously thought about it. And now he's writing it down. 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. Paul says this. Is this real enough? He says, we were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself. Anybody want to tell me he's got a faith problem? Or maybe this is what faith looks like. Maybe this is what faith looks like. Maybe denying the trauma is not what faith looks like. Maybe acting like everything's okay. When somebody says, how are you doing? You're like, I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. When you are dying inside... And your credit card bills prove it because you're just spinning trying to get your mind off of it. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing trying to get your mind off of it. No, 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 no. Paul shows us the way to go. He says we were under such stuff that we we didn't think we could endure it. There were moments we almost gave up on life itself. He wrote this. He admitted it. He admitted it so he could process it. If you've ever hurt so bad that you did not think you could endure. You thought it might be better to just die. You are not alone. The the writer of the majority of the New Testament felt just like that. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a safe place. I want with the right people. Y'all know what I mean? Not gossiping people. Don't do that. And I want you to begin to process it with trusted friends. Maybe with your connect group. Maybe with your pastor. I would definitely recommend a counselor. Go find someone to process this. Say it out loud. The trauma that you are going through. How do we heal? We process the pain of the trauma too. We prayerfully press into God with our trauma. Remember trauma is how you respond. So what you do is with your trauma, with the pain, with the denial, with the confusion, with the anger, with all those phases of trauma that you're going through, take those, press into them With God. Bring them with you. Do you understand that? Bring them with you. He is the one person you never have to fake around. Do you understand that? God is the one person you never have to fake around. Just bring all your brokenness to Him. He has never been surprised by my brokenness. He's been surprised that it's taken me so long to bring it. We pray to God. We talk to God. We even complain to God. Y'all listen to me. Some people don't know you can complain to God. Go ahead and complain to Him. He can take it. Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about a 
thorn. Everybody say a thorn. thorn. The thorn represented something that gave Paul great pain. It gave him sorrow and it gave him disappointment. And we all have a thorn. We all have a pain. We all have a sorrow. We all have a disappointment. You got one right now. I'm very certain of it. I have a thorn. You have a thorn. Just admit it. That there is something that is bothering us. There is something that is tormenting us. And Paul does this in this verse. In this chapter. He does it. He spends time on it. Now what is Paul's thorn? I am happy to tell you. I have no idea. And neither does anybody else. <laughs> anybody that says they know what Paul's thorn is. You just go wow you're so wise. And then laugh to yourself later. Because Paul never told us what that thorn was. But here's what we do know. Kathy, we know this. 2 Corinthians 12 eight, he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take the thorn from me. How many times? Three. Three times. I want to tell you, this was not like three small little prayer times. Like God, uh, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies and also remove the thorn in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, when he says he prayed three times, I believe that he had entire seasons of prayer. And I believe these were three entire seasons of prayer. I believe that he probably prayed and fasted over this. I definitely believe he looked at the Word of God and quoted every promise that he could. But this was three times he brought it to the Lord. Don't you know he prayed in the Spirit at this point? Don't you know he cast out every demon he could? He was as spiritual as spiritual could be at this moment. Three times. I want to tell you, take your hurt to God. Take your hurt to God again. You can even take your hurt to God three times. Take it to God. Keep taking it to God. That's all right. You can go ahead and do that. You can unload on God. You can tell God how it's not fair. You can tell God how it never should have happened. You can say, God, how could you let that happen? Tell Him how you didn't want it to happen. Tell Him that you don't like the pain that you're feeling now and that you wish He would do something about it. I believe that that is exactly how Paul prayed. You can pray just like that. If you're looking for permission, you got permission from me. Because I do it too. Cry out to God that you don't know what to do. And you don't know how to heal. Be honest. Don't hold back. Because God can handle your honesty. His word tells us to, 1 Peter 5, 7. To cast all our anxiety on Him. Because He cares for you. You can just let Him have it all. Because He cares for you. Some people, I don't recommend letting them have any of your problems. Because they don't care for you. But God cares for you so much, you can, have, you can just let Him have it all. Yeah. Yes. When we pray to God, we expect an answer. Somebody, isn't that right? When we pray to God, we expect an answer. I have to warn you that the answer is not always as we expected. 2 Corinthians 12, verses, verse 9 through 10. But he said to me, who's, who he? Who he? God. That's God, right? My grace. 
is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect. And I imagine while Paul's hearing this, he's like, whoa, grace. Oh, power. I like it. Ha, my grace is sufficient. I like that. Can't wait to preach that one. Woo. And my power is made perfect. Whoa, God's perfect power. But it continues. What does it say? In weakness. His grace is sufficient in weakness. His power is made perfect in weakness. Kind of put a damper, I bet, on Paul. I'd like to imagine that. It would put a damper on me. Then what does Paul say? (laughs) Gosh, Paul. Therefore, I will boast. I'm going to brag. All the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Verse 10. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses. In insults. In hardships. In persecutions. In difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul, that's a lot. (laughs) Can we just say that's a lot? And maybe some of you are like, man, man, that maybe that is an instant revelation for you. Praise God. Some of you, if you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I am right there with you. I get it. I get it. But this is the word of God and I want you to consider it today. I want to tell you this, that God did not take the pain away. He prayed three times. He did not pray a fourth because God had answered him and let him know, I'm not going to take the pain away. But in the middle of the pain, my grace is sufficient and my power is made perfect in your weakness. God did not make it as though the pain never happened. So many people in trauma, that's what they pray. They pray, oh, just make it like it never happened. Can you just put a big white out over this and erase it can you just cover it so it's not there and I never see it again can you make these feelings like they never happened I'm telling you God in Paul's case did not make it like the pain never happened now God can do that there are situations where God can deliver people from spiritual things in a moment But I want to tell you in this regard, God chose instead to use the pain to reveal His grace and His power through weakness. And I don't know a person that's like going to say woohoo over that. I don't. Except maybe Paul. Paul said, bring on the insults. Bring on the weakness. Bring on the pain. Bring on the persecution. Because my God is stronger than all of that. Can you say that? My God is stronger than all of that. There are glimpses of grace and power that are only seen in weakness. You listen. That's the truth. There are glimpses of grace and power that are only seen when you have lost your ever-loving mind and you don't know what else to do. Sometimes that's when you see grace clearer than you ever have. Sometimes that's when the power of God shows up like you never thought it would. Sometimes the power of God shows up and does something absolutely counter to what you thought He was going to do. I have been there. God. Show me your grace. It's sufficient for me. 
God, let the power of Jesus Christ rest on me. And sometimes we have to change our prayer. God, let the pain go away forever. No, God, let your grace just be all that I need. Let the power of Jesus rest on me in the middle of my weakness. Prayer was a part of the healing process for Paul. God answers Paul's prayer in a different way that surprises us all. And God sometimes does that. So how do we heal? We process the pain of the trauma. We prayerfully press into God with our trauma third. We pursue purpose in our trauma. And it may be soon to talk about this with someone who's hurting. Y'all listen. I apologize if you've gone through trauma so recently that the healing hasn't begun for you. You listen to these next words not as you should do them now. Listen to these words as later down the road when you get healed, listen to these words. Y'all understand what I'm saying? If, if, if you are hurting, I want you to treat this as information for a later time. You, need to, you might need to spend more time on steps one and two before you go to number three. Somebody say, we understand. Second Corinthians 1 and 3. Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This is the same Paul who gave us a list of his traumas. It's the same dude. And he talks about a God who is the God of all comfort. This is the same Paul who prayed three times about a thorn that he was never delivered from. And yet here he is. He's telling us about the God of all comfort. This is the same Paul. He's declaring to you God to be the God of all comfort. The very next verse. God who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can. What does it say? Y'all help me? So that we can what? Comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Paul reveals a purpose for us. God comforts us in our pain, not just so that we can be comforted in the pain, but also so that we can comfort others in their pain. Is that what he's saying? That is what he's saying. There is, listen, there is purpose in our pain. Now, I am not saying, I am not saying that God caused the pain on purpose. That's really important. I want you to know that. God is not saying He caused the pain on purpose. I'm saying that God's comfort, healing, and restoration is attached to to purpose. It's attached to the purpose of you receiving it and carrying it to someone else. You are not the only person on the planet hurting. The God of all comfort can comfort you so that you can comfort others. I want to ask our worship team to come. I'm going to be trying to close very soon. I want us to talk to the Lord, but I've I've got this final point I want to make and it's right here. More than recovery, 
redemption. Recovery is cool. Healing is cool. Right? Both those things are good. Recovery can be seen as less pain. Right? I was in complete pain. Now I've got less pain. That's kind of a recovery, right? Right? I was bound to a bed. I couldn't walk. And now I can limp around the room. That's a recovery. Right? That is good. That's, that's well. Um, recovery could be better uh, able to respond and move forward in the future. But I want to tell you this. God wants more than recovery for you. God wants redemption for you. If you were to recover from your trauma, you would better react to the memories with less anxiety and fear. And that would be great. But I want to tell you, God has better. There is a work of God's grace where He can take your deepest hurts. The same feelings that you actually have isolated over and you would never want to talk to anyone about. The same feelings and emotions that you've tried your best to hide. You, your biggest, some of your biggest worries is that someone could know what has happened to you. Those emotions, those feelings, that pain, the thoughts that you'd be horrified if it got out that go through your head. By God's grace, He can take your worst loss and redeem it into victory. That's redemption. I want you to see that as better than recovery. God has a redemption for you that takes this terrible pain and makes it an unbelievable victory. I can't explain how he does this. Y'all, just please stick with me. I'm doing my best here. This is difficult for me. I can't explain how he does it. And if you have a better answer than me, please let me hear it. I don't know how he does it, but I've seen him do it. Where he takes a complete loss and makes it a complete victory. It looks a little bit like this. I've seen God take a weakness and redeem it into a strength. That weakness used to trip someone up all the time, but now it doesn't even trip them up anymore. They've got a redemption over that problem. I've seen God take shame. Oh, and the shame and the feeling of, oh, what have I done? And when God redeems it, it becomes a testimony. Yes. Now you're telling other people about it. I've seen God take the story that someone would never want to tell and redeem it. So now they're telling it. They're telling that story over and over again on a microphone to thousands and setting thousands of people free with a message of hope. That's that's redemption. I've seen God take the abused and redeem them into the best counselors, the best healers, and the best ministers. I have seen people transform from wanting to simply feel better To wanting to save others. And I've seen people redeemed from hatred and anger from their past trauma. To where they love at a level 
that is just like Jesus. Now, I don't understand it, but I've seen it. And I'll see it again. I want to see it tonight. Now, listen, gotta say it. This takes time sometimes. Sometimes this takes calendar time. And it takes process and it takes work. Get ready to work. Get ready to think about things you don't even want to think about. But work through those traumatic memories. And it takes admitting you are not okay. Can we just all admit that? Say, I am not okay. All of this was, I am not okay. <laughs> I am not okay. Y'all still love me if I'm not okay? Some of y'all are like, well, we knew that. Like, when you walked up and said, hello, my name's Chris. You're like, oh, grace. It takes admitting you're not okay. It also takes faith. It takes a community. It takes pressing into God. And it takes grace. And it takes the power of Christ. And one day... You'll be the most surprised one. Some of you, you'll listen to me because that, that scripture, Happy Christian quoted you at the beginning. You were mad about it. Y'all listen to me. When God redeems it, when you've gone through hell and back, you'll be so surprised. One day you'll flip open your Bible and you will read the words of Romans 8.28. And you'll know it's true. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. God can turn it around. We have a lot of songs lately about turning it around. God wants to turn those things around. He wants to redeem those things. There is a revival that's waiting on you to find your redemption story and start sharing it. Your step towards redemption, it starts today. What do you say? Are you ready to take that step? These altars are open. I want to pray with people in this place. Some of you might need to just say the words, Hey, pastor, something bad happened to me. Maybe that's your step today. Maybe it's not your step. Maybe you consider and pray, God, Lord, show me who I need to open up to. Maybe it's not tonight. Maybe it's not me. That's okay. But take a moment, pray, God, who should I open up to? What's the step I should take? Some of you know people that are going through traumatic events right now. Why don't you take a moment and pray for them? Pray that one day they would find redemption. These altars are open right now. I'm going to pray for everyone watching, listening online. I pray for all my friends right now. Friend, God loves you and He's for you. And you can reach out to Him and you can cast every burden on Him. I am so sorry for what you've gone through. What you have gone through is not how God feels about you. And you are not assigned to defeat forever. And you are not assigned to a shame forever. But God can redeem you. And God can turn it around. And God can give you complete victory in such a way that the enemy will so be shocked. You will take the very weapons of that warfare and you will turn it 
on the enemy in Jesus' name. I pray that. I believe it for you in Jesus' name. Come on, reach out to Him. Come on, talk to Him. He is the answer for all things. God, You're the answer for all things. Minister to us. Lord, we want You in this moment. Father, pour out Your Spirit in Jesus' name. Come on, let's talk to God. We believe You, Jesus. 214-856-0550. 